0: Adhere to it perfect that way okay. i'm not interfering the only thing that i ask is just don't touch the cauldron you can touch anything else though i'll not touch it <laughs> only because i don't want you to get a headache
1: that's kathy kelly she owns the paranormal museum in asbury park new jersey The museum is upstairs from a paranormal bookstore that Kathy also runs. Both are located in a downtown building that Kathy
2: believes is haunted. The museum has all sorts of objects with strange or reportedly paranormal histories. It's got a dozen dolls that are purported to be haunted, close to 200 Ouija boards, a couch where people report hearing voices singing, and yes, a cauldron, where people have said they've gotten ill after touching it.
1: In one room, there is a blue painting that might or might not have been part of an exorcism, and a skull with the word devil carved into it by someone who clearly wasn't well informed about proper satanic
2: rituals. Many of the objects are held in display cases covered with thick red curtains. During tours, Kathy pulls back the curtain at each section, dramatically revealing the items hidden behind. She says keeping some of that information hidden helps keep her guests focused on whatever object she wants them to pay attention to next.
0: So there's a little bit of a theatrical component to it. um, And I just think it kind of allows
2: us to tell the stories better. In recent years, Kathy has also started conducting seances, where she attempts to channel messages from spirits. She likes to keep the seances light, so even if you don't have a paranormal experience, at least you still have a good time.
0: And we do laugh a lot and we have a lot of fun because at the end of the day,
2: you know, you're going to a
0: seance, <laughs> you know, you're a nut job, right? Like we're all crazy. Let's just, you know, have fun, uh, be
2: crazy together. One day this past summer, Kathy came across a board game that she'd never heard of. A game about communicating with the spirits of the dead. She'd found the game Mysterium and bought it. Less than one week later, she got an email from us asking her to be on a podcast about that very game. Was that meant to be? Or are we just seeing some deeper meaning where none exists? You're listening to Immersed. I'm Suzanne Zinsley. And I'm Chris
1: Zinsley. Each episode, we take you deep inside the world of a game.
2: In Mysterium, players pretend to be paranormal investigators one player acts as a ghost. The only way they're allowed to communicate with the other players is by passing them clue cards. Each card is illustrated
1: with strange, dreamlike imagery, like a masked figure on a desert train, or a massive tarantula on a chandelier. The game is all about working together cooperatively to interpret those clues. Mysterium was created by a pair of game designers from Ukraine. Alexander Nevsky, and Oleg Sidorenko. We spoke with Alexander during the Spiel gaming convention at Essen, Germany.
2: He told us the roots of Mysterium go back to when he was a child, when he would play old point-and-click computer games like Myst with his mom.
3: And as a kid, when I I was a kid, I all the time asked my mother to play with me, because if she played with me, maybe she buy a new game for me. (laughs) Maybe she also liked it. Alexandra's
1: mom enjoyed the adventure of those point-and-click games, so that's what they played.
3: We can play together because uh, she uh, loved literature very much, and here it's possible to find a good plot.
1: When he became an adult, Alexander started designing and publishing board games with his friend Oleg. At the time, the market for board games in Ukraine was still pretty small.
2: And like a lot of independent publishers, the company he and Ole Gran was barely generating enough money to stay afloat. That meant the company's next game was a make-or-break situation.
3: So our last chance was this game, if this game will be successful, so we can continue. If no, I change my work, yeah, Olek also. And so it was like, okay, last chance.
2: For the new game, Alexander was thinking about those old point-and-click video games, the ones he had played with his mom, and how they could be turned into a board game, a puzzle game that could be played not just once, but over and over again.
3: Mostly you, you buy the game and can, can you play more than one, 10, 12, 100 times. So I must uh, find the way how to make uh, puzzles what can be generated every time different.
2: Around the same time, one of Alexander's friends had shown him the game Dixit. Dixit, which came out in 2008, is another game that relies on beautiful, dreamlike illustrations.
3: I've tried to think about uh, associations because my friend introduced me Dixit. And in this case, uh, you can use your imagination So imagination can create puzzles, can create different interesting stuff.
1: The idea of communicating through pictures was swirling in his mind, along with those old adventure video games, plus a host of other influences. Some of them pretty highbrow.
3: Lovecraft, Edgar Poe, Conan Doyle, like, Agatha Christie, all this stuff. Some not so much. (laughs) Scooby-Doo, yeah.
2: In the game that Alexander was imagining, one player would help the others through pictures. So he needed an explanation for why their ability to communicate would be limited like that. So naturally he thought of a ghost.
3: I started thinking uh, who is the person who must communicate with players and not uh, exactly uh, speaking with them, and prohibited to talk. Uh, so the whole ghost, yeah?
1: He set the game in a haunted mansion, and very quickly he more or less had the whole game designed. Much to the jealousy of game designers everywhere.
3: It was like, okay, uh, that decision, next decision, next decision, and all it stuck together very well. Really, really, it was like one day (laughs) uh, design. Yeah, sometimes it's like...
2: The game's rules might have come together in a day, but properly testing the game took much longer. It needed proper artwork. Alexander and Oleg hired a friend who was an artist.
3: But he has some problems with his uh, work, and uh, we lost one year, I think, because we wait for illustrations, and uh, he have no chance to finish his work.
2: Even after finding a new artist, getting the illustrations to work just right took a lot of trial and error.
3: So, yes, it was like uh, a year when we drawing, drawing, drawing. And of course, normally, when you make a prototype, you make a prototype. And after, if you prototype work, you can uh, make illustrations. Here is not work like that. First of all, you must try illustrations.
2: In some ways, designing the game Mysterium blurred the lines between game design and art direction. Some of the
1: illustrations depict different rooms in the Haunted Mansion, and the designers found that the room pictures couldn't have too many objects in them. If there were too many items, the players would just ignore them.
3: Then people see too much objects, for example in the kitchen, there are a lot of stuff. They never give association with objects. They give associations only about the kitchen.
2: Mysterium takes the idea of ghostly messages and turns them into a game. In real life, people have experiences that are hard to explain all the time. People like... me. When I was touring the Paranormal Museum in Asbury Park, Kathy showed me one of the largest objects in her collection, a jail cell door. The door, which weighs 280 pounds, came from Ohio State Penitentiary. That penitentiary has been called one of the most haunted locations in the country. Before Kathy took me upstairs, she locked the front door to the store. We were the only people in the building. But as she was telling me about the door...
0: So Ohio State Penitentiary was the site of a massive fire in 1930 um, that led to the loss of life of 362 people. It was... The largest, was door?
2: there was yeah. the sound of a door slamming downstairs.
0: Hello? Is somebody down there? Um, the largest loss, hold oh, on, you just had your first paranormal experience. <laughs> the largest loss of life in an American fire, uh, to, to that date.
2: It's hard to hear on the tape. So here it is again.
0: Um, that led to the loss of life of
2: 362 people. It was...
1: Go ahead and skip back a few seconds if you want to listen to it again.
2: It was like a definite door slam. It, there was no, like, no, maybe I misheard something. Like, you could feel the floor shake from the door slamming. I, I, I can't explain it. She asked Kathy about it. So we just heard a door. So yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no one here. Nope. You called out. No one answered. But you seem. You seem like.
0: Because it happens all the time. So you, just um, it. you know. Yeah, I'm used to it.
1: Okay, so this is where we need to pause to mention that the whole idea of
2: paranormal phenomena is controversial. Chris is very skeptical about the whole thing. I'm a strong believer. Regardless of whether or not you believe in ghosts, everyone knows generally how ghosts are supposed to work. Spirits from the afterlife communicate indirectly by making sounds or moving objects. Kathy believes that's just how it works. And I think slamming doors,
0: footsteps, lights, things like that, I don't think it's easy for them to communicate. I don't think they're sitting on the other side going let's make this as obtuse and difficult to figure out as possible,
2: you know? I think they throw the kitchen sink at it. In a seance, this can sometimes lead to people's expectations not being met. Kathy said ghosts don't
1: often say things like, here's where to find the will that I left behind.
2: I will say the
0: messages are rarely what we think they're going to be and exactly what they should be, you know, um, because I think what's important to us is not necessarily what's important to the people who are trying to get messages to us.
2: Ooh, a dream. Three new cards. I get one card. You're listening to a game of Mysterium. Since Alexander had family in mind when he and Oleg made the game, we brought in our family to play it. Ready?
0: Okay. All right, what do you got? So, I got this
1: card.
2: Oh, man. Chris is playing as an investigator with our older daughter, Lily. And mushrooms. And mushrooms. And a deer and a, antlers. And a big dead bug, it looks like. Yeah, and a ball of yarn or something. Oh, weird. They're trying to zero in on which of several character cards the ghost is pointing them to. Sort of Rapunzel-like picture mm-hmm. with a knight with a sword. Chris's mom, Sharon Hurley, is giving clues as the ghost. Lily, playing as blue, is interpreting the clues quite well. Like, I think that I'm a. Chris, playing as black? Not so much. So, I think I'm just going to go with the police officer soldier guy. Okay. Should we lock them in? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, blue is correct.
1: Yay. And sorry to say that uh, black is not
2: correct oh no what Chris didn't know was that his mom was trying to direct him to the teacher character I pulled her aside to chat about what was going on the card that I gave him had
1: and it was a grim reaper card but it had apples (laughs) so the apple for a teacher which was a stretch but it was the best that I had
2: the next round Chris was focusing on the nun character Except but the teacher, the teacher seemed like an option too preference. looks yes. like she could be the, the teacher The woman
3: going over the bridge
1: Yeah the woman on the bridge definitely definitely looks like her but I don't know. Mm. I mean so the teacher also has these all these wooden objects these wooden rulers and things
2: Yes, and I see the wooden rope ladder.
1: I mean, there's the wooden rope ladder, the... The
2: houses might be made of wood.
1: Yeah. The trees wood. You've got the trees there.
2: So many of the clues fit the Just, teacher.
1: Um. I'm going to go with the nun. I, I, I think I was on the verge of talking myself out of the right answer by focusing on the teacher, so I'm going to go with the nun. I'm locking that in.
2: Okay. Wrong again. So I'm sorry to say no to Blue, and no to black. Oh, God. Moments like this happen all the time in Mysterium. In fact, it's one of Alexander's favorite things about the game, especially when he's playing as the ghost.
3: You you want to say Oh stop, look at that. Why?
2: A couple of rounds later, time is running out. Okay. Lily is close to guessing all of her cards. Chris, however, Hasn't made a whole lot of progress. So blue is correct.
0: And sorry to say, but (laughs) black is not correct.
2: When playing Mysterium, it's so easy for players to be on different (laughs) wavelengths. That can lead them Uh. to misinterpret the ghost's clues. You can go in expecting one thing, having one way of looking at things, and not see the other side. In fact, one of the most fun parts of the game technically comes after the game has ended, where the ghost and the investigators discuss the clues and meaning that was behind them.
3: In in this way, you can know more things about your friends. Yeah, maybe understand them better.
2: That's one of the missions of Mysterium, getting people together to help them see things from another perspective. It's a noble goal. But it might be easier to accomplish that in a game than in real life. Kathy from the Paranormal Museum told us that visitors often come in with strong beliefs about the validity of ghosts and spirits. Some believe, some don't. Either way, she said her goal isn't to change people's minds.
0: I think that they probably leave with a very, with very much the belief that they had when they came in. Um, and I think... If anything has changed, I think it's their appreciation of the study of it. Um, So if you come in and you're a skeptic, I think after taking our tour, at the very least you leave saying, you know, they really approach that in a a really kind of rational, open-minded way. If you're a believer, I think that you leave saying, wow, I'm really glad that people like that are out there collecting this stuff and bringing it to us
2: kathy is very much a believer but that doesn't mean she accepts a paranormal explanation for every bump in the night or odd coincidence
0: i think paranormal activity is probably not as common as a paranormal enthusiast would like you to believe it is but i think it's probably more common than the, than than what most people think
2: mysterium really broke out in 2014 at the Spiel convention in Essen. Since then, it's been printed in various editions and languages around the world.
1: For Alexander, one of the most gratifying things is when people tell him about playing the game with their families.
3: I really like when people say to me, oh, for example, my grandmother or grandfather play only Mysterium. They don't want to play other games, but Mysterium they like. Yeah, so for me, it's like, oh, cool.
1: It reminds him of his own family and the role they played in his history with games.
3: When I planned uh, to do Mysterium, I also want to play with my mother. So it's like um, my mission (laughs) may be completed.
2: (laughs) Unfortunately, Alexander said his mom didn't live to see the success that Mysterium became.
3: My mother all time, uh, she believes in me and she helps me a lot. And um, it's for me, it's like um, very sad because she don't see what then Mysterium became popular.
2: Mysterium asks us to consider, from where do we get meaning? What parts of a picture are going to catch someone's attention, and what connections will they make? But also, what is meaningful and important to us in this life, or in the next?
3: The games, for me, is uh, first of all communication. So it's very nice if you can take your uh, family together. So please do it with Mysterium or other games.
2: Ultimately, you don't have to believe in communicating with ghosts to understand why people want it to be possible.
3: I want to believe because uh, now I, uh, all my parents are, are dead, and I really miss them. And in some cases like, like, like that, I want to believe what is possible Yeah, and I think uh, it's impossible to have answers to all the questions In some way I'm agnostic Yeah, so the more, more we know, the more questions we, we, we have So maybe, maybe, if uh, I think emotions and uh, relations uh, the things like love are most important in our life. Uh, your family, your friends, uh, your childrens are the main things what keep us uh, people. So, yeah, <laughs> I want to believe, <laughs> really.
1: After the break, how Mysterium became a global phenomenon and how the game's design changed because of it. Stay with us. Let's talk about Cardboard Edison. You might know us from uh, this podcast, but did you know that cardboardedison.com has all sorts of other useful resources for
2: board game designers? We've got a blog with links to thousands of articles that you can search through. We've done interviews and industry reports. There's a list of playtest groups, a game design checklist, and a directory of hundreds of publishers and the kinds of games they're looking for. We have a weekly newsletter that's filled with game design tips and resources. We even run an annual contest for unpublished game designs. Pretty much anything a designer could want. We've put it all together in one place. If you got an idea for a board game, check out CardboardEdison.com to get started. Tell us we
1: sent you. That was weird, right? iGames, the Ukrainian publishing company, run by Alexander Nevsky and Oleg Sidorenko, released the first edition of Mysterium in 2013. If you've ever played the game, there's no telling how similar the game you played was to that first edition. Mysterium's first exposure outside of Ukraine came when a pair of international publishers attended a local gaming convention there. Ignacy Trawiček from the Polish publisher Portal Games and Egils Grasmanis from Latvian publisher Brain Games.
3: It was the first time somebody so well-known came to our board game convention.
2: The game made quite an impression.
3: And I was also surprised that people liked it so much, and it was like, wow, (laughs) Uh, okay.
2: Alexander told us that Ignacy insisted on finding artists to quickly create more cards for the game. They rushed to have the updated game ready in time for the major upcoming convention in Essen.
3: And it was like boom.
2: (laughs) The game had found an international audience, eager to get one of the few copies that were available in Germany and bring it back home. Since then, numerous editions and expansions have been made for Mysterium.
1: Some international editions have changed certain aspects of the original game design. The version that's most widely available in North America added an extra system where you can essentially bet on whether the other players are going to guess correctly.
2: But back in 2014 and 2015, excitement for the game was spreading faster than copies of it could reach players.
1: Before it was available in the US, a lot of players here first learned how to play Mysterium secondhand, or from rulebooks whose translations were questionable at best. This created a culture of house rules around the game.
2: A lot of players still play Mysterium with their own preferred house rules. We do. Alexander says he still likes the original rules the best, but he doesn't mind players changing the game to play it however they have
3: the most fun. Before when I for example work on my first game, I thinking about what is more important, theme or game mechanics what is first, what is second. But now uh, I understand But the main mission is uh, feelings, what people feel during the game, what emotions they have. So if you want to change something and you still have the same or better level of fun, it's, it's really okay.
2: Immersed is produced by Cardboard Edison. Find out more about the show and all of the other board game design projects we do at CardboardEdison.com. Special thanks this episode go to our guests, Kathy Kelly and Alexander Nevsky and Sharon Harley and Lily-Ann Zinsley. Production assistance by James Myers. Music credits are available in the show notes. Cardboard Edison is backed by our patrons on Patreon.
1: You could lift our spirits by becoming one of our patrons. You can listen to episodes before they officially release, and you can hear extended interviews with our guests, Alexander Nevsky and Kathy Kelly, including a second unexplained moment during Suzanne's trip to
2: the Paranormal Museum,
1: only by supporting Cardboard Edison at patreon.com
2: slash cardboardedison. I'm Suzanne Zinsley.
1: And I'm Chris Zinsley.
2: And join us next time as we become immersed in another game.
1: Immersed is also sponsored by Haba USA Games, German design and quality, children's and family games that adults enjoy playing. Home of Rhino Hero, Karuba, and Animal Upon Animal. Learn more at HabaUSA.com.
2: Smirk and Dagger Games, makers of emotionally engaging, immersive, highly thematic games that create a stir. Find out more at SmirkandDagger.com.
1: Van Ryder Games presents. Graphic Novel Adventures, a new line of game books where you are the hero. Graphic Novel Adventures, your choices, your adventure, your story. Visit
2: VanRiderGames.com. Formal Ferret Games, publisher of The Networks, Bad Medicine, Wordsy, and the upcoming High Rise. Go to FormalFerretGames.com for more. Indie Boards and Cards, the maker of Coup, a dystopian social
1: deduction game of assassination, deception, and elimination. Will you be the last one standing?
2: Find out more at IndieBoardsAndCards.com. Brotherwise Games. Makers of hit games, boss monster, unearth, and call to adventure. Brotherwise Games brings everyone to the table. Visit BrotherwiseGames.com. And... Breaking games. From strategy games like Rise of Tribes,
1: party games like We're Doomed, and family games like Sparkle Kitty, Breaking Games has something for everyone. The best way to break the ice is through play. Visit breakinggames.com.